what is MTHFR? And she said, oh, it's a gene that regulates folate. Just Google it. So then I became a maniac and I would sit till three and four in the morning, day after day, after week, after month. And my husband thought, what on earth is she doing? And I finally got so much information on this gene. I thought, that's it. This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Welcome to Getting Your House in Order, the series that shares information from doctors and specialists all over the world in order to give us information that just because we're accumulating years does not mean we should feel any other way than fabulous. We can. We just need to find out what's going on, unclutter our bodies, unclutter our closets, and get our house in order. Time to make that mind-body connection for your second wind. So let's get started. Today on Second Wind, the podcast, we have Dr. Carolyn Ladowski, who is the founder of MTHFR Support Australia. She's a naturopath, an herbalist, and a nutritionist who has a Bachelor of Herbal Medicine, Bachelor of Naturopathy, Advanced Diploma of Naturopathy, and Diploma of Nutrition, and a Bachelor of Economics from Sydney University. That's a lot. And she also has studied courses in genetics at Duke University, specializing in genetics and evolution, and the University of Maryland, specializing in genes and human condition, from behavior to biotechnology. And... Dr. Ladowski, before we get started, those are quite mouthful, lots of words, credentials, <laughs> and it's so amazing that you're here with us. Can you tell us a little bit about Dr. Carolyn Ladowski? Yes. So I, as you just read, I started off when I left school and I went and did a Bachelor of Economics and I thought, what do I want to do with this? I'm not quite sure. I want to do economics. So I fell into advertising and I had 10 years working with um, a large advertising agency, and I worked on the account service side. And so basically, that's the liaison between the client and the rest of the agency. And I'm a very particular person. So that suited my personality. And then when I had kids, so I've got two girls, I then went into event management, which even suited my personality more because it is so process driven and you have to be so anal and drop dot the i's cross the t's mm -hmm. do all of that and then we were brought up you know my mother was always a bit of a greenie in that you know we never had sweets or lollies if we had anything in the house she would have made it she would very rarely take us to a doctor it would usually be to a naturopath and i got through my you know i had my own event management company used to do all the events for a major bank here and i got 
got to, I just thought, oh, I don't know that I want to be doing this forever. Yes, yes, I had my, so I had two small kids at the age of two and three. I was running my own business. I was traveling around the world doing all these events. And then I decide in the middle of it, you know what? I'm going to study naturopathy. (laughs) And for, for eight years, I traveled I literally sat on planes, I studied, I did my exams, I did some of it remotely, I did some of it face-to-face, and I was a maniac. I just went and went and went and went and went. And I I left it and I thought, when I finished, I thought, you know what, this is awesome. Mm. But this is where my fascination and my, I guess, my education really started because I was Again, my real fastidious nature, I always ask why, 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 why. And so when patients started to come in and I was seeing that the bloods, particularly with folate, didn't quite fit And I was saying, well, how come half the people I'm seeing have really high folate levels and half have either low or okay? And I couldn't work it out. So I rang the lab and I said, what exactly are you looking at when you do these folate tests? Why would someone have high folate? Oh, that's good, they'd say. They're eating a lot of leafy green veggies. And I thought, no. They're not. These people are sitting in front of me and I know they're not eating a lot of leafy green veggies and they're not well. So there has to be something else. Backstory that the lab. So I yes. So then I kept thinking, why? Why would they? So I started to Google why does someone have high folate? And I was at a conference in Adelaide and I remember one of the doctors presenting just made a three-second note of that high folate's related to. To MTHFR. And I thought, what? What's MTHFR? So I made a beeline for this woman and I said, I'm sorry to stalk you, but I have to know what is MTHFR? And she said, oh, it's a gene that regulates folate. Just Google it. So then I became a maniac and I would sit till three and four in the morning, day after day, after week, after month. And my husband thought, what on earth is she doing? And I finally got so much information on this gene. I thought, that's it. So I went back to my office and all those people with the high folate, I would actually take them off folic acid. So we'll explain what all that is, but I'd take them off folic acid and I'd give them the right form of folate. And guess what? That high folate came down and they started to improve. And I went, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Okay. And I started to experiment. And then literally after three months, I thought, you know what? This is so big. I'm changing the name of my company. And literally within three months, I had more than quadrupled my practice because what I didn't know is that all the consumers out there that had done their research all around the world, they were just waiting for someone to say, I know about this gene, I'm going to help you. And so it just became, and then obviously looking at one gene became then looking at two, looking at three, and now we pretty well look at all of the genes within the methylation cycle that may contribute to good health or not. And so that's really what happened? It just became this why, why, why? And I couldn't stop until I got the why. I couldn't stop till I got, okay, I know why. And then that then became this whole obsession with genetics and folate. And I've just finished my thesis. So I've just done an honours degree. So I've just finished my thesis looking at the forms and dose 
of folate that practitioners are using for infertility patients with MTHFR. Because what not many people know is that this is massive in infertility. So if anyone has a daughter or a sister or anyone, cousin that is having a miscarriage, they have to know that the MTHFR gene is a major factor. Incredible. And since you and I have talked and my daughter's getting married soon and I had a bunch of miscarriages, I said, ooh, you possibly need to pay attention to this. Exactly. So we've already been subscribing. She's been listening and watching your, you have newsletters and things that I forward to her. And so that's so cool. Dr. Carolyn, that means you must've had a pretty supportive husband while you're doing all this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wow. mean, he's used to me being obsessive at the best of times, but it was, you know, it was huge to do all of that. And I remember one whole term at school when the kids, the girls were in primary school, I actually was away for 12 weeks straight. I missed the whole term. So I used to remote wife. So I would order the fruit and veggies online. I would order all the supermarket products online. I had these two little girls, two girls not far from me that used to make homemade meals. So I'd pack the freezer. And so I'd leave him a note. Tonight, you will take this out and you'll make a salad, which is arriving today. And I will see you. (laughs) I'll talk to you later on. And I was studying at the same time. I was insane. Like I seriously, I look back at that time and think, what is wrong with you? That was insane. You were obviously supposed to be doing that to give us this information now. I believe that. Obviously. I really believe it because it. um, I'm so passionate about this and I have big goals. And the goal, really, the most important thing is to just make sure everybody's aware of it because Mm -hmm. the problem is the medical fraternity generally don't look at, say, the MTHFR gene and think it's relevant. And I, after all the research I've just done, I seriously think we have to take note and we have to say, right, we've got to do things differently because it's not working what we're doing now. Right. It's not. It's not. Well, let's dive in though. This is part of our Getting Your House in Order series within Second Win, the podcast, because really it is the mind-body connection. And when I was coming up with doing this podcast, I had two friends actually my age, for, you know, 54, 55, 56, commit suicide. Very yes, terrible. Women. And you and I started talking because it just wasn't, just didn't seem like that had to happen. COVID, of course, was part of it. And, and I had found you, you had been writing about anxiety and depression and how it can be fixed, solved, made better. Yeah. That's, we got to talk, we got to get this out there and start from the beginning and get our house in order get everything from the inside out. So Dr. Ledowski, I'm going to let you start with MTHFR. Mm -hmm. Please tell us what that (laughs) is and why we need to pay attention. You kind of summarized it, but yeah, we summarized it. So MTHFR stands for methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase. So it's a fancy word, but essentially it is a gene that encodes an enzyme that makes our active folate. Now, it's active folate that helps you make what we call a methyl group. And think of a methyl group as a on-off switch for a lot of your biochemical processes. So if your proteins and your enzymes and your amino acids have this methyl group, they can launch into action. So for example, cancer cells need methylation 
to turn off cancer-promoting genes, Mm. right? So that's really important. But for you to metabolize fat, your main enzyme that does that needs their methyl group. For you to break down toxic estrogen, and that's important for men and women, and particularly, you know, most even postmenopausally, because if you're not getting rid of toxic estrogen, even though you don't have a cycle, you can still be affected by toxic estrogen. And because our environment is so estrogenic in that we drink out of plastic cups, we buy food in plastic containers, we drink out of plastic water bottles, we have food wrapped in cling wrap. These are all things that will contribute. And particularly if we have genes that are not very good at that in the first place, we need those methyl groups to help us break down those toxic estrogens. So think of these methyl groups. We have What we evaluate when we see patients is we say, all right, what is your ability to make methylfolate in the first place? If you have the MTHFR gene, if you have a mutation or what we call a polymorphism in that gene, your ability to make methylfolate is affected and therefore making these little methyl groups is also affected. So this little folate, methylfolate, relies on your MTHFR gene to do it. Now, let's say mum and dad both have a mutation in this gene. You have the potential to be what we call homozygous, have two copies. And if you've got two copies that are mutated, your ability to make this little methylfolate is reduced by up to 70%. Mm. Now, stress is the biggest contributing factor because the more stressed we are, the more we need these little methyl groups to help us get out of it. And what we often see is that people, particularly this year, COVID year, has been Mm -hmm. an incredibly stressful year on many, many levels, financial, emotional, just, you know, isolation in itself has been terrible. Right. So we needed way more methyls than we normally do because of that heightened stress response through the year. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have a mutation in this gene, that added stress puts you in a bigger deficit and your ability to get out of that is compromised. So it becomes a knock-on effect and then it starts to affect mental health, hormones, detoxification, fat metabolism, sleep. It affects so much that we have to know if this is a problem. Are you genetically susceptible to having these low methyl groups? How do you know that? How are the person You test for it. So we've got a website in the US, mthfrgenesupport.com. And you can just jump on there, order the test kit and test. It's a mouth swab and you can see whether or not you have a mutation in that gene. Okay. Right. So that's a really easy thing to know. Then you've got to say, okay, what is my ability to use that methyl group? And we rely on vitamin B12 to do it. So all this latest rage of people going vegan and vegetarian and plant-based is compromising your ability to use those methyl groups because they can't piggyback on the B12 to get it where it needs to go. And B12 comes from animal sources. Meat only place is animal sources, meat protein. And so we often find that, and many, many people have mutations in their B12 genes. And invariably, we see in clinic that those people that have become vegan or vegetarian 
18 months to two years after they start is when they start to fall in the hole. And the hole is massive. It is life-threatening at times if you have got these genes. And so we say, if you, for ethical reasons, have to be B12, if you have to have no animal protein and no sources of vitamin B12, because if you think that vitamin B12 comes from plants, think again, you are not going to get vitamin B12 enough from anything that is plant-based. And well, so- take a supplement, Dr. Carolyn. Yes. So you would have to take a supplement, but if you have genes that affect your B12 transportation, no amount of supplementation will help you. Only the actual source. The source and probably injections of B12. Wow. And I think from a mental health perspective, this is one of the most critical things. So think about this, the more stressed you are, so it's, it's a bit of a catch-22 because the more stressed you are, the more the body goes into this cortisol blood sugar response and it says, hey, Wendy, you're about to fight a bear. I'm going to downregulate anything that you don't need right now when you're fighting a bear. So I'm not going to worry about gut. I'm not going to worry about hormones. I'm certainly not going to worry about your sleep. Mm. And I'm going to downregulate all those and I'm going to upregulate all the things you need to fight that bear. So I'm going to give you lots of blood sugar. I'm going to help you store the fat around your tummy. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm going to make you more <laughs> alert. I'm going to dilate your pupils and I'm going to get you on high alert so that when that bear comes, you can fight it. Mm -hmm. So if that happens chronically, so in an acute situation, you get a stress response, your body is meant to re-regulate and within a few days, it goes back to normal. But when that is chronic, like what has happened this year with COVID, yeah. we get stuck in this stress response. And the problem is the lack of hydrochloric acid in your gut affects your absorption of B12. So you've got not only oh, low B12. cycle. Yes, you've got a low folate. Uh, and so it's, I just, I cringe, I cringe and I get a sick feeling in my stomach whenever I see patients come in and say, I'm vegan. I've been vegan for 20 years. I have a fertility patient at the moment. She's been vegan since she was 10 I and she's homozygous MTHFR and she wonders why she can't fall pregnant. There is uh, no way on this planet planet, she is going to have a successful pregnancy with those two combos. And even if you've got gastritis or you've got an upset stomach or you've had stomach stapling or you've got Crohn's disease or you've got ulcerative colitis, that affects your B12 absorption. So these are really important things that we've got to think about when we're talking about MTHFR. How so does that affect our, our stress levels? Like like the huge. mental stress levels. Is that a, is that a factor too? Like a yes, one? yes. So anxiety, I really believe most cases of anxiety are due to the fact that you can't use that folate. Wow. So vegan and vegetarians is really it's a very good example. They eat a lot of leafy green veggies. So we know that their folate levels are probably going to be pretty good because they eat it breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The problem is they can't use it. And when you can't use it, anxiety levels rise because these methyl groups that you're meant to be using build up and they will cause anxiety, headaches, muscle aches oh and God. pains, migraines, sleep issues. These, I really think, is the key problem that we have with so much anxiety is there's a block in your ability to use your methyl groups. And then it sounds like it's quite easy also 
to store fat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because in the stress response. And you have that pouch. That pouch. Exactly right. That gain around the middle. We look at that as pretty much either stress response or too much estrogen that you're not clearing because you don't have enough of these methyl groups. Wow. That is, you just blew my mind. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm it's, a vegetarian, even though I am, but. <laughs> oh my goodness. So there you go. <laughs> yes. Mine's the ethical thing, but you and I will definitely talk later. I watched that video game changes, which really mm. affected a lot of people. But what I've got to say is that that was not a true representation. That yeah, was. Talk about that because that is a very powerful documentary. And yes. I sat there with my husband and I said, see, yeah. you should be eating like I eat, yes. right? But and I would say, no, Wendy, no you Wendy. should not. <laughs> no, Wendy. You should not because they use a very short-term peer time frame and anyone that you, so if you're, it went from the sublime to the ridiculous. Most people okay. eat too much meat and the wrong form of meat. And okay. what I mean by that is inflammatory grain-fed meat produce is not right. going to do you any favors at all. We know right. it's inflammatory. We know it's not only inflammatory for the brain, but systemically it's inflammatory. Because However, of what they're eating. Because of what, because of what they're eating. They're exactly. not fed. They're not, yeah. That's right. But if you have a couple of times a week, a good quality grass fed, as organic as you possibly can, biodynamic. You pills, yes, no yes, stress. yes. When they get stressed, those hormones get passed right down. Exactly right. And we, from a cardiovascular disease, we know that that is inflammatory. So if you then say, all right, here we've gone from everything to nothing, but they did not look at people who had had good quality grass-fed protein and dud blood analysis. They just got these guys who were eating freaking burgers. Yeah, McDonald's and whatever. From, exactly. Right. That, is, that was not a fair representation. And I think it affected a lot of people emotionally when they were not given the scientific facts appropriately. And so what we've now got is supermarkets filled with even crappier plant protein products that quite frankly, full of soy, full of GMO products, sprayed heavily with glyphosate, and they think they're healthy because of it. It's so wrong. It's just, I looked at that and I thought, Oh my goodness, I can understand how people got sucked in, yes. but it, it was unfair. It was oh. an unfair representation. And so we think about this, the older we get, the more protein we need. Really? The older Absolutely. we get? And there was an amazing study that said it was an American lady who is a nutritionist. I, for the life of me, can't remember her name, but I'm sure I could dig out the podcast. And she was basically saying for anyone over 50, they should be looking at 150 grams of protein, at least she said three times a day. Now, two eggs gives you two eggs gives you 16 grams. So look at how far deficient you are. And she was saying that she did an experiment with her father and said, okay, dad, I'm going to see if I can really turn around your energy here. I think he was in his seventies. And she said, I'm going to see if I can help build muscle. I'm going to help to see if I can increase your energy. I'm going to see what I can do. So she really quadrupled his protein levels. And within a month and a half, he felt better than he had for 10 years. Wow. Now I'm not saying that's how much we have to have, 
But the biggest single issue I see with women over the age of 50 is that their protein levels are dropping way too low. And so when you think about your biochemistry, you rely on amino acids from protein to kickstart your biochemistry and allow you to do what your body needs to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're protein deficient, your energy cycle drops, your hormones drop, your detox pathways become suboptimal. And I think that's a big issue. So we've got to be thinking about protein levels. And I think really you want a good quality protein source. So if you're a vegan, you're having no dairy, no eggs, all you're having is greens and maybe some soy. Yeah, not good. And it's not good. It's not good at all. And you can't get the amino acids you need unless you're taking a good quality protein powder. But what are they going to take? Plant-based, which, for example, pea protein, I don't use because it's high in histamine. And I think if you've got estrogen detox problems and then you put a high histamine on on top, that will stir your anxiety. So there's so many things I think you have to consider. And I keep going back to moderation, balanced diet. Don't like go back and think about what your great grandparents ate. They had little or no grain. Right. They had from the paddock to the plate. There was no such thing as grain fed beef back then. They had the cow out the back. I know my great grandparents and grandparents did. They had the cow out the back. They had chickens in the in the backyard and they ate. All they used to go and buy was vegetables. They didn't buy anything in a packet. If my grandmother wanted a cake, she would make it. If she wanted a biscuit, she would make it. She had, they didn't have breakfast cereal for breakfast. Yeah. They had eggs and sometimes meat. They right. would have they had a lot of organ meats. They had liver, they had kidney, they had heart, they had all of these things. And we need these for our skin. We need it for our, this was such a great study done through a zoo. I know I'm going, I'm rambling. Through a zoo? Yes, there was a, it was really interesting. So what, they had these big cats, they had these lions in a zoo. And after, and they used to just throw them a leg meat of a deer or whatever they were feeding them. And after six months, well, for the first year, they realized that none of these lions are falling pregnant. What's going on here? There's a problem. Hmm. So they went back and looked at footage of what lionesses do when they kill an animal. What do they do? What is the first thing that they do? Ooh, what do they, they go do? Like the heart or something? Exactly. They pull out the organs and they eat the kidney and the liver and the heart. So what they started to do was give them the organ meats as well. And lo and behold, within six months, they all started to fall pregnant. How interesting. Because the nutrients, the dense nutrients in those foods are amazing. The vitamin A, the vitamin D, like we we don't eat well enough to sustain our biochemistry. So think about it. Most people get up, they have breakfast cereal and a cup of coffee. Well, we know we'll get into this in another topic. I'm not going to talk about it today, but it's full of folic acid, wrong form of folate. You have coffee, it's inflammatory, it's acidic. It's going to make us way more inflamed, particularly if we're having more than one. And what do we have it with? Milk, We shouldn't be drinking, I don't think we should be drinking milk. We're the only mammals on earth that drink milk post-weaning. Yeah, from another animal. From another animal. Should we be doing that? And then you look at all the oat milks and the, you know, nut milks and the 
You don't like those? (laughs) Well, it's not that I don't like them, but I think a lot of people react to them. And so think about, you know, almonds, nuts, they're quite heavily sprayed products. And, you know, I've followed the work of Stephanie Seneff for many, many years, and she has done many studies into glyphosate, which is Roundup, that is sprayed on a lot of crops. So nuts, wheat, soy, cotton, they're all heavily sprayed, particularly soy. They're heavily sprayed with glyphosate and it is affecting our gut and our biochemistry generally. So I look at all these. Can we though if we have organic? Well, yes, you can to some degree, but there's actually, there is still wind drift and there's still some sort of exposure, but you're never going to get, I mean, you can't get away from all of that. So if you're avoiding GMO, that's great. But a lot of people have histamine issues because of the lack of methylation. So we're getting off track again. But think about this. One of the things that these methyl groups breaks down is histamine. And if you have allergy, if you have asthma, if you have eczema, if you have anything that affects you from a cardiovascular, like wheezing or difficulty breathing, chances are you've got too high histamine because you haven't got enough methyls to help you clear that. So if you're eating nuts, they're very high in histamine. So potentially you're making your anxiety worse and you don't know that. Strawberries. You're eating something healthy. Yeah. So strawberries are very high in histamine. Chili, as in spicy food. Alcohol, very high in histamine. So we don't really, you know, from an anxiety point of view, one of the first things we do is take our patients off high histamine foods and evaluate whether or not there is a problem. Now, we it's really interesting. We have huge rates of asthma here in Australia and eczema, huge, one of the highest in the world. Why is that? And they keep saying, well, they keep saying, why is that? Oh, we must have allergic trees. We must have this. You know what I think it is? I think it's the very fact that we are pumping our foods full of folic acid. We're affecting our good folate to be able to break down histamine levels. I think that's at the root cause of a lot of this is that but we why are. why Australia? Well, you, you do it in the US. You fortify yeah. all your foods with folic acid. Right. We for, fortify all our foods with folic acid. I'm sure that there is a high, I mean, particularly this time of the year, there is a high wind drift with, we have a lot of pollens here. We have a lot of native plants that are very allergic. So I think that combined with the inability of people to just clear this histamine level makes us particularly allergic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Carolyn, so many mind-blowing <laughs> research and revelations you have bestowed upon us, just making me go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it seems like what you're saying is we're injecting folate into our foods to make us healthier and it's doing the exact opposite. And then if you have genetic predispositions to this, it's even worse. And then you add our stress and then you add our estrogen levels just by being on this earth right now in all that we do. And we're just screwed pretty much unless we can figure it out and get to the bottom of it, which is what you do. So since you've kindly agreed and offered and 
I will forever be grateful to keep on going with series of our getting your house in order and, and keep bringing your plethora of knowledge to us. With what we're talking about today, what can people do? What what can someone, I'm sitting here going, oh no, oh no, you're, you're speaking to me. I drink coffee. I'll have wine. I put oat milk in it. I don't eat meat. Okay. Now, now what? <laughs> okay. I think the most important thing is for people, and I think our next podcast should be folic acid versus folate. Okay. So that we can give your listeners a really good understanding about why I believe that folic acid should be avoided and why we should be optimizing our good folate. Okay. But if I summarize it really quickly, I think the number one step is avoid folic acid, which means... Yeah, what does that mean? It means that any commercial bread flour, so any bread you buy in the supermarket, anything that you buy with made from bread flour, and in the States, you actually fortify more foods than we do, anything that is in a packet where you turn it over and it says folate, it's got folic acid in it. Okay. So that means all breakfast cereals are out. So for example, you're better off to wake up and have, say, a smoothie. And I think of all the milks, if you can get an organic oat milk, probably is the best. Mm -hmm. We have an organic one here called Oatly, which is quite nice. It's an organic oat milk. I think you can have your eggs, you can have a smoothie, you can have, make some zucchini fritters. You call them courgettes, I think, don't you? Not zucchini, courgette. Cro- no, yeah. is, is courgette eggplant or zucchini? I don't know. <laughs> You're asking the wrong girl. I don't cook. We. Oh, you don't cook. I don't cook. <laughs> All right. So Wendy, that's your, that's your number one thing. Start I, cooking. I know. I know. Um, so let me just, I'm just looking Are you- it up. Uh, frittatas. Are you thinking of frittatas? No, courgette in is a zucchini. So we call it zucchini here. You call it courgette. We call um, it zucchini. Oh, do you? Well, see, most of my US patients don't know what I'm talking about when I say do a zucchini fritter. They they go, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so I have got this really nice recipe for zucchini fritters which I love to make and I can have them for breakfast lunch and dinner I might scrambled eggs with them or whatever but I would say avoid your cereals avoid folic acid so if you want step one that is what I think we should be doing look at all your multivitamins if they have folic acid in it do not take them what if so there are folate is that okay well If they say folate, you have to know what it is because, all right, so if we just quickly, I know we're running out of time, but let me just explain it. There are three forms of folate and where it gets confusing is that most, even most researchers will call folate folic acid, but folic acid is the synthetic man-made folate. Okay. Our body cannot use it unless an enzyme called DHFR uses it and processes it, right? So it's synthetic. The form of folate that we get in foods is tetrahydrofolate. Now that converts 
two active folates called folinic and methyl. And our optimal biological form of folate that we need for our brains, we need for our babies crossing the placenta, we need for our biochemistry is methyl folate. Okay. So I believe by taking all these foods with folic acid, we're causing a deficiency in our good folate. Right. So if we can optimize our good folate by taking out folic acid of our foods and our supplements, for some people, they'll feel better just doing that. Nothing else. They just do that. Particularly if you have MTHFR polymorphisms, that works particularly well. Just doing that. So that's your number one goal. Okay. And cooking, cooking. Just think about this. If someone else cooks for you and they put it in a packet and you buy it at the supermarket, are they going to use organic produce? Are they going to use things with love and, you know, put it in a cake or make something with absolutely beautiful ingredients and beautiful oils? No, they're not. Generally not. Yeah. And you have to really find that stuff. It's hard to find. And I'm I've always been a huge believer in, you know, we, our family is very food oriented. So every function we have, it's come over for dinner, come over for lunch. Let's do this. You know, we always, we make everything. My little girls, when they were two and three, they're only 15 months apart, used to sit on the kitchen bench with me and help me stir things and help me make things. And so I think one of the biggest issues that women have is relationships with food that aren't positive. We need to really understand that we are what we eat. And I think there was no better saying than that. We are what we eat. So if we cook things with love, we use beautiful ingredients, we really have a varied diet, we don't keep anything out or anything in that's too faddish, um, I think we're going to be a lot better off. And I think we've become obsessed by diets. Is it keto? Is it low carb? Is it this? I just say, go back to what you remember your grandparents ate and really try to be like that. Food to plate, the best possible ingredients. They didn't have grain products there then. They didn't need it. They didn't have all this processed corn. They didn't have these extruded rice products. They didn't have all this stuff. I think my grandparents went through one loaf of bread a month. They didn't eat lots of bread. Yeah. You know, so we've got to get back to basics when it comes to looking after our health and making sure that we are making our food and we know what's in it and we are varied and it's healthy. That's what we need to be doing. I agree 100%. Thank you so much, Dr. Carolyn. We're going to put all of this in the show notes and I'm going to grab that recipe. and I'll send it to you. And share that as well. And if you have any questions for Dr. Carolyn that you want to ask, now remember she's in Australia, but we can do this on our Facebook page, My Second Wind. You can ask your questions there. And what we've decided to do is I will share those with Dr. Carolyn And she can kind of gear her talks with us based on what you all want to hear. Now, next week, we're we're definitely going to talk about folic acid and folate and more, more about that and more things that we can do for it. But after that, if there's something that you, the listener, wants to know more about, by all means, let us know because Dr. Carolyn has been so generous with her time and wants to help us all. 
especially as we hit the second half of life. I think we should feel healthy now. Don't you, Dr. Carolyn? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we think about, say, your second half of your life. You think, oh, well, your kids have grown up. They've gone on to do their own things. I should have so much time and so much energy to really now enjoy the second half of my life. But many people don't feel like that at all. Mm-mm. And I look at, you know, I have girlfriends that are my age, but they look 20 years older and they're old. Mm-hmm. And I think, why are you old? What are you doing that is really there? It's almost like they're stuck in reverse. There's no forward momentum. I look at my mother and she does French classes. She does bonsai. She does yoga. Mm-hmm. She does painting. She does, oh, what do you call it when you, decoupage. She has, you know, a garden and she never, ever stops. But she, and people say to me, she looks like your sister. And I wow. think. Wow. Yeah. And so I think, and people sort of say, oh, well, I'm 60. It's too late now. Rubbish. Who says it's too late? Do you know what? There was an amazing guy we saw in the news last week. He's 94 and he's hang gliding and he he makes a wrong turn and he hit the mountain and falls into the ocean. And a guy who just happens to be fishing underneath him pulls him out and rescues him. And he goes, oh, thank you for saving my life. And the guy who's interviewing him, he goes, but you're 94. Why are you doing this? And he says, because I love it. It keeps me alive. He said, are you going to stop? He said, no way, I'm going to keep doing this. And I loved it. I thought that is amazing. Who says we've got to stop anything at any age? It's, you know, you don't. And so I just loved that whole thing. He's he's 94. He's flipping hang gliding. Like I would say, well, that's a bit idiotic, but he loved it. He absolutely loved it. It kept him alive. That so, is so neat. It's so neat. It's so neat. And I wish I'd got an opportunity to meet him because I thought, what an amazing man. Like, seriously, amazing. What about that guy through COVID in the UK that got out? I don't know if you saw it promoted mm-hmm. there, but there was a 95-year-old ex-vet that decided that he would walk the 20 metres in his backyard and he asked for donations online if anyone could please sponsor him so he could raise money for the frontline workers in COVID in the hospitals in the UK. So could you please sponsor me and I will try and do as many of those 20 meter works. He has a walking frame and he used his walking frame and he walked up and down, up and down, up and down every day. And it became such a whirlwind. Do you know how much he, like he was aiming for $50,000, 50,000 pounds. That's what he wanted to achieve. Okay. Do you know how much he got? No. 70 million pounds. Which is how much dollars? How much is that? Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) It's like huge. Um, Let me, 70 million pounds in US dollars. It is. It's a lot. It's huge. It's a United States dollar. Here we go. 92 million 912,000. 
Oh, that's not what I thought. I thought you were going to say a million. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And because everybody looked at this guy and said, if a 96-year-old can do this and walk 20 metres, I'm going to support him because he is amazing. He didn't sit there and say, well, there's nothing I can do. He started off with just wanting $40,000. But everybody said, I love who he is. I love what he's doing. He actually met the queen. The queen gave him a knighthood. Oh, my gosh. Like, so I, you know, when someone says I'm too old now, I think, no, you're not. If there's something that you wanted to do that you've never had an opportunity to do, go and do it. Go and do it. Listen to your gut. Listen to your passion. Find your soul. Who cares if you're 60 and you do a degree that you've always wanted to do? In four years time, you'll be finished it. And who cares? If that's what you wanted to do, that's what you should do. I really believe that. Get up and do whatever you wanted to do. Now's the time. Now's the time. Oh, Dr. Carolyn, thank you so much. What a pleasure. And you've blown my mind, I'm sure, that of our audience as well. And we will keep this going and getting your house in order series. And next time we'll be talking about folic acid and folate. We're going to get a lot of this stuff up on the show notes. In on my second wind Facebook group, and soon we'll have a web page and newsletter, and we'll be able to share all this stuff. I'll try to get the recipe up in the Facebook group for now until we can transfer it over because I think I need to probably make that. You do, yeah. And if anyone <laughs> wants more information on now how do we find- yeah, so our our Australian website has probably got the most information. Okay. And that's mthfrsupport.com.au. And there's free webinars, there's mm-hmm. lots of blogs, there's lots of information. You can just jump online. And for those in the US that would like to test their MTHFR gene, they can yes. go to our US site, which is mthfrgenesupport.com. Okay. And just for the record, I'm going to be taking that test and I will report back. Oh, yes, please do. I think I'll be a case study for us. I'm going to be good because we can talk about what your results mean. Yeah, let's do it. I'll be a guinea pig. I will be our test subject. Great. I have nothing to hide. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Carolyn, for sharing your time with us. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks, Wendy. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.